So here's the question. How do active people in the Atlanta area stay pain-free and live the active, fulfilled life that they deserve at any age? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. I'm Danny Matei, and welcome to the Active Atlanta Podcast. The Active Atlanta Podcast is sponsored by Athletes Potential. At Athletes Potential, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active doing the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better for life. Head to athletespotential.com to learn how we can help you stay active for life today. What is up, Atlanta? And welcome back to the Active Atlanta podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jake Swart. And today we have a guest with us who has just had a wealth of experiences, um, ranging from being a pro dancer for the Atlanta Hawks to uh, having a baby at the age of her first baby at the age of 40, uh, owning her own fitness program or her own fitness company, um, lifting weights since she was 15, dancing since she was three, being in fitness competitions, guys, getting her master's degree in nutrition. Just an incredible, uh, this is like one of those people who've lived more than like three lives, you feel like. Um, so I'm really excited to get her on. We were talking about some things that I think you guys will really enjoy. So without further ado, uh, Desiree, how are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me, Jake. Oh, of course. I'm so excited to have you on. Um, you know, uh, our new hire, uh, Crystal, our public health specialist, she said that she met with you and she's like, you have to get on, uh, you have to get this girl on the podcast. She's amazing. So, um, and just in our brief intro with each other. I can see why uh, she thought so. So I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. And she's awesome. So I'm very honored that she recommended me. (laughs) Of course, of course. So um, we just went through the cliff notes here and I will spare you the need to go through do all of it over again. Right. But we're going to pick apart some of your um, storied past, if we will. Right. Um, And your journey within this health and wellness world. Um, first off, I got to know, how is your experience, uh, being a pro dancer with the Atlanta Hawks? I mean, it's indescribable. Like I, uh, you know, I danced when I was at the university of Florida. I forgot to mention that to you. Go Gators. I know a lot of people are going to be mad about that, but, (laughs) um, so then I came up to Atlanta and auditioned for the Hawks and made that and I did it for six years. Uh, and I loved it. It's funny. My coach from college actually came up on my third year on the Hawks and became my coach what? on the Hawks. Yeah. That's awesome. And she and I are still very good friends to this day. Um, Does she still so, coach? Is she still the coach? Yep, the yep. She's still the coach. Nice. Um, Donnie Frazier. She's awesome. Yeah. Link coach, obviously, since she's been doing it. Heck yeah. There. But, um, but yeah, I, I loved it. You know, I got to travel to Mexico and China I got to dance at the all-star game. My very first year we had the all-star game in Atlanta. Um, yeah. Um, so getting to dance in front of Janet Jackson is like, <laughs> what? yeah, yeah. What's like the, like, yeah. What is like the pinnacle for, uh, uh, being a pro dancer, right? Like when you're like, yeah, I've done this thing at this point. I mean, there, there's so many different pinnacles. Cause it's like, that's fair. 
Vegas showgirl is huge. Um, yep. You know, NBA dancer, NFL cheerleader is huge. Dancing for a music artist is huge. Um, dancing yeah. on Broadway. So I think it just depends on what your interests are. Like, I wish I had gone to audition in Vegas or something when I was younger. Yeah. Um, that's one thing that I'm like, oh, I should have done that. But we didn't have the internet back then. Mm. We did, but it was, you know, hard to access. So sure. I didn't know I could do that stuff. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and that's a good point. You know, like, I think that's a, that's a really well said answer to that question. Cause as soon as I said, I was like, there's probably all different routes you can go with that, with that answer. So, um, I mean, modern companies, ballet companies, like there's so much. That's true. Um, man, I was watching the show. Who was I watching the show on? Oh man. Um, it was some rap artist and like people were, um, oh man, who was it? Doesn't matter. They were very excited to be like, on part of like her, she was looking for a new dancer on her dance crew, essentially. And they were, all of them were crazy talented. And like, they're so amped up to be like her dancing crew, right? Like, I was like, man, Absolutely. that's gotta be really cool too. Yeah. Cause they get to tour with these artists, like, you know, JLo, Beyonce. Um, of course, those are people that I know. And like, I'm trying hey, to- Hey, JLo's my girl, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so it's getting to dance with these music artists that you see on TV and, you know, you've seen perform and now you're up there on stage with them. So that's got to be incredible. That's cool. Yeah, that's amazing. So like when you watch dance, do you, when you go to like, uh, I'm assuming you still go to sports games or sports events. Um, when Before you're at, the pandemic, I did. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Very good point. Yeah. Before the pandemic came in and uh, drastically altered everybody's life. Um, do you go to the games and like, you're like, oh man, she misstepped on that. Or, oh, she, she could have done that better. Or, uh, or you just along for no, the I like enjoying it. So I actually, um, I do go to some games cause I'm still the trainer for the Hawks dance team. They oh, nice. dancers, So I still get to see them and I, and I do enjoy seeing them perform. So for me, I just like, I like watching each individual person. Yeah. Um, and I like looking for the positive in it and just seeing like, Oh, that's a move I've never seen before. Or, Oh, I love oh. the way they put that choreography to the music. Um, even at concerts, like when I go to concerts, when I used yes. to, <laughs> I just sit there and I watch like I'm not up and dancing yeah. weird, but like I just sit yeah. there and watch and take it all in because yeah you know just seeing other people dance and and seeing how they interpret music and, and interpret choreography is just really fun to me totally um that's amazing yeah I uh oh man I did dance so the uh quarterback of our high school football team I grew up in like this really small town uh USA up in Ohio right and the quarterback's mom of our football team owned a dance studio, which means everybody on the football team did dance essentially. Right. And uh, yeah, it was so much fun. Like um, we did, we did a lot of like swing. Right. Yes. And none of us were like overly invested in it. Um, it was more like a fun project for us, I guess you can say, but like, man, we would go to the competitions cause we went to competitions and uh, we would be blown away at the talent that, that, that we would see out there. It was, yep. it was wild. Cause like really good dancers make it look like it's really easy. So yeah. I think there, you know, there's and our, and our big heavy feet get up on stage and they're like, who are yeah. these people? <laughs> yeah. Like I watch Misty Copeland, who's an incredible um, ballet dancer. Yeah. She's very famous. She's danced for Prince. And, um, but anyway, I watch her and I'm like, that looks easy. I could do it. No, I am not a ballerina. <laughs> totally. Yeah. <laughs> not do that. You know, you can't like, I know I can't do that, but I'm still like, that looks easy. Totally. No, not at all. It's like, uh, it's like watching golf. Like, ah, I should be able to hit right. that. Anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So then fast forwarding, you go from being a pro dancer mm -hmm. to um, entering and competing in fitness competitions. Yes. 
Yes, I did a couple local ones. I actually won Miss Fitness New Mexico. Wow. Um, I can't remember what year that was. Go you. Uh, right? Yeah. Are you from New Mexico? No. I um, So the promoter of the circuit that I competed on, yeah. they wanted to add fitness to that particular competition. So they invited several of us out there to do the fitness portion. Nice. Um, and then I did, I can, I think I placed top 10 at Miss Fitness Universe and nice. So, yeah, so that was, that was fun. And at the same time, um, I will never do it again. Ah, interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was fun, but like, um, it's just really hard cause you know, it, it's a, you've got to be really confident in yourself cause you're yeah. seeing these other bodies and, and it's hard not to compare yourself to these other bodies. And, and well, that's literally the event that you're in, right? Literally the event. Bodies, yeah. Yeah, and but then at the same time, like we're also judged on how we walk in heels, how we dance, all that. So it's not just the body, but it's hard not to just focus on the body. That's fair. Yeah. Um, so like I'm seeing other women, and I'm like, oh my god, her body is so much better. You know, which mm-hmm. what does that even mean? Like we all have wonderful bodies; they all sure. look different. Yeah, yeah. But back then, it was hard for me to understand that. Yeah. Um, so it was just like really tough on me, I think emotionally. So I'm glad I did it. It was fun performing and competing. And then also, um, like I was telling you just the, the diet mm. that goes along with it was horrible. Really? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Cause they're, you know, promoting like high pro very high protein, very low carbs. You've got water depleting in the mm. days before the competition. That's yeah. safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's what led me to get my master's in nutrition. Cause I was like, this feels wrong. Like it's totally. supposed to be fitness and health, but it's yeah. not very healthy. Well, I'm not saying all competitors do that. Sure. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it's evolved, right? Like, um, I'm, oh, sure, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. And, uh, man, I love that. You were like, okay, uh, this doesn't seem right. Let me go. Just let me just go get my master's real quick and we'll figure out what we need, what, what's wrong about it. <laughs> right. I'm like, yeah. this is weird. Oh, oh, I need to be eating carbs for my brain to work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Right. No wonder I have such a foggy memory. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. So then um, when you're in your master's program, were you looking back at any of your times, like, uh, especially in your fitness competitions or maybe like when you're dancing, like, you're like, oh man, if I would have known this then, and this, we would have been like, I could have done X, Y, or Z. Uh, yes. So, <laughs> so my very first lesson that I remember learning, it wasn't even in class. It was uh, visiting one of the professors who ended up being one of my thesis advisors, Dr. Dan Benardot, brilliant man. Yeah. Um, I think he's, yep, he still teaches at Emory. He was the dietitian for the U.S. gymnastics team, U.S. figure skating team, like brilliant, brilliant dude. Yeah. Anyway, I walked into his office and I was eating my snack, whatever. And he's, I can't even remember how the conversation got into it, but he was asking how often I ate. And I was like, Oh, I ate every three hours, mm-hmm. you know, cause back, back then it's like, and I think some people still believe like to get your metabolism up, increase your metabolism. And oh, that's still a very popular thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. And he said yeah. to me, he's like, so why do you eat every three hours? And I was like, to increase my metabolism. <laughs> and then I got a nice little lesson on blood sugar Yep. <laughs> and regulating blood sugar. Yeah. And like, I wish I had known that when I was dancing and doing games and, um, yeah. you know, just instead of trying to go as long as possible, 
you know, without eating because you think that's going to help you be a little less bloated when that's actually making you more bloated. Totally. Um, so it was just like those simple lessons that I'm like, seriously, yeah. come to <laughs> grad school to learn this. Right. And why is it not with that? And I think that's really cool too, because like now, especially like you get to bring all that together and like you, you're the uh, uh, trainer for like the, still the, like the Atlanta Hawks, like current like dance team. Right. And like mm-hmm. you work with all, all these other different clients and that led you kind of down the route. Like once you graduated from your program, you know, you uh, spent some years doing as like a contractor doing like group-based fitness and personal training. And then you opened up your own uh, training company, uh, fitness studio um, called Interfusion Fitness, right? Um, What was the motivation behind that? We wanted to create a space where people felt welcome and had fun working out. Yeah. it kind of felt like fitness was starting to take this turn towards like, you need to be hurting. You need to be throwing up for it to be a good workout. Yep. You don't feel, you know, no pain, no gain. We all know that phrase. And I'm um, just very against that uh, sidebar. If you feel pain, make sure you seek help. Yeah. <laughs> Stop whatever you're doing. Yeah. Uh, but we just wanted to create a fun, welcoming space where fitness was fun for people. Totally. Um, and they enjoyed coming to do it because you're not going to stay consistent with working out and exercise if you don't like what you're doing. Totally. The only way to stay consistent is if you enjoy it. So like people who, um, you know, think that running is the only way to work out. Like, no, you don't have to run. I'm not a runner. (laughs) Yeah. I do have running friends though. Nothing against running. Runners are great. It's not for me. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to create a space where everyone was welcome all fitness levels were welcome. Um, and we had, you know, circuit training, dance, fitness, yoga, stretch, bar, all the things. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure your experiences with all like the group based fitness that you did for many years. And then the personal training, like it was, I'm sure that was because like, we also skipped over that your, uh, prenatal and postpartum, uh, fitness certified, right. Or fitness coach, yeah. you have your yoga certification. Like, um, you, you do all the things. <laughs> I, do. I love continuing ed. <laughs> I love getting certifications. It might be an addiction, hey, but it's fine. Yeah. It's there. It's yeah. Good for my clients. At but least yeah, you recognize um, it. No. <laughs> right. I recognize my problem. I right. know. And I, um, like, it's funny cause my, how my view has kind of shifted as I've been in fitness. You know, when I first started, I was one of those trainers that was like, come burn off these calories, come earn this, you know, meal, this, that, and the other, you know, in my class. And it's now shifted to like, let's get stronger. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's work on increasing your quality of life, decreasing your stress. Uh, So that was another thing we wanted to create. Like fitness should be to enhance your quality of life, not to punish yourself into trying to look a certain way that you might not end up being like you might not even get to that aesthetic yeah 100 because there's so many things that go into that right like um i mean i just yeah i mean a big one being like genetics you know like uh and i love that you bring up like uh stress management too and like uh being able to because at the end of the day uh fitness is or exercise is really like a man-made phenomenon right where it's like it's it's really nothing more than like what we think is the best thing to do to like uh create change with our body right and, yeah. uh, the biggest change and the most impactful change that exercise can have for us is on our mental well-being, right? Like yeah. I, I, it's very hard to walk into a workout and leave no matter what the workout really was, right. Unless you're injured, right. Like that's the one, uh, that's the one, like 
caveat, I get to that, but it's really hard to leave a workout and not feel better because of it. Right. Yeah. Um, even if orphans are real, 100%, right. (laughs) And like, uh, so, I mean, we talk about that kind of stuff all the time at AP where we, we look at like the four like pillars of health. Right. And like, honestly, you're like, you could talk about all of them at, at length at this point, but movement is a big one for us. Right. Um, in our lane of, of doctors of physical therapy. And then, uh, we've got, um, stress management is what we look at as well. Sleep. What does your sleep habits look like? And then nutrition. And now we know not just enough to be dangerous to recognize problems. I probably, it's probably the best way to put it. Right. So like if we have somebody that, uh, we were like, Oh, you could use, you could use some assistance in, in this area or like, or like with same thing with sleep, right? Like if we notice that there's like an issue with sleep or if like we start talking with somebody and they start opening up about like uh, some pretty significant, um, like either like mental health uh, related issues or um, something along those lines, well, that's great. Like we've got plenty of people we can send you to who are yeah. killers in their field, right? So someone like you would make a lot of sense to send somebody to uh, who if they're like dealing with like maybe some nutrition issues or something like that. So yeah. Um, and even certain nutrition issues, I, it's beyond my scope of practice because yeah. I only work with generally healthy people. So yeah, people, you know, are diabetic, um, or other issues. Like I refer out for that. So it's like, there is a professional for everything. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah. Which is why honestly is one of my favorite things about this podcast is I feel like, I feel like I've got to talk to a lot of different badasses, um, and a lot of different fields, uh, all within the health and wellness scene. So, yes. um, I'm, yeah. And you're one of them. So explain to me, um, so Interfusion Fitness uh, was at a fitness studio, correct? Yes, we were brick and mortar in Brookhaven. Okay. Um, and and we had, God, I can't even remember that. We had three studios. Um, nice. So we had one yeah. big one that was for like dance classes. And yep. actually we had everything in there. And then we had like a weight room in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm gesticulating. And then we had a smaller room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and our big thing, we had a purple sparkly floor in the entrance way, which was like our trademark. I love it. Yeah. I know. I feel like I feel like it fits uh I feel like that fits the personality of the conversation that we've had so far, right? Like uh I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a fun place. That's great. And then um Wow, you had three locations. That's amazing. No, uh, no, 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 no. Three studios within the one location. Uh, Sorry, okay. I was not. Clear. Okay. No, no, not three locations. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah. One was hard enough. I feel you. Yeah. And then 2020 hits. And there's quite a few big life moments for you in 2020. Oh, yeah. Um, 2020 was obviously a big one for just about everybody on this, on this who's listening to this where uh, the pandemic hit, right? Um, and then on top of that, you had a brick and mortar fitness business, right. Um, where people are breathing pretty heavy in a, in an enclosed area. Right. And yep. then, uh, you also had your first shot in 2020, correct? Yes. Yep. I was eight months pregnant when, um, the world shut down. Man. So within that month I was teaching classes virtually. Um, I was very fortunate to have a healthy and uncomplicated pregnancy so that I could keep teaching up until 40 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Um, and you know, just trying to figure out how to pivot our business. Cause we were thinking we would be open again in July, but spoiler mm-hmm. alert, <laughs> that didn't happen. Right. Um, so yeah, just like figuring that out. And then I ended up having an extremely difficult delivery. Um, but also my second delivery was really easy. So for those who are listening, who might be pregnant or, yeah. you know, wanting to get pregnant, still might be easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but anyway, I had a very difficult delivery that I had to recover from. So it was just like, it was an intense year, man. Um, yeah. That's insane. That's, sure. that's a lot. That's a lot at one time too. Um, cause, uh, 
you know, humans are creatures of habit, right? Like, um, and those habits can be good or they can be negative, right? Like, um, they can be helpful or harmful and, um, change or chaos brings the, the huge, um, opportunity for, um, new habits to form, but then also like, we don't like chaos all that much either. So, uh, you went through a lot of it all at once. Um, how was having, let me, let me dive into a little bit. How was having a, um, going through pregnant or going through, uh, having a baby during a pan, the heat of the pandemic was your, uh, was your significant other allowed to be in the room with you? Um, was there like, what, what was going on with that? Well, we, that's, that's very interesting. So we, um, he was allowed to be with me. Yeah. Um, and then we weren't allowed to have any visitors. Uh, we were supposed to be masked the whole time. I did not wear a mask for labor. No, yeah. for delivery. I would, I would put it on when people came in the room, but then I had it off when I started pushing and I was like, I'm going to keep it up if nobody <laughs> says anything. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, we weren't allowed visitors. We had to stay in our room. You weren't allowed to walk around the floor. Um, during my second delivery, you had to get a COVID test, which I got in the middle of contractions. Oh my That's gosh. Fun. Yeah. <laughs> Dubbed up your nose. Yeah. You feel like your uterus is going to fall off. That might be TMI. Right. No, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah. So, uh, but it was, I, I enjoyed it. Cause it's like the delivery, like I said, was so hard that we just, it came to us, you know, with they delivered the food and then the, you know, yeah. whenever I needed my medicine, whatever. So it was just like, I'm good with this. We can be here with our baby and chill yeah. and figure this out. Um, yeah, but it was weird. It was definitely weird. I bet, man. Like, uh, I do think that that's like a, so I've, I've got a nine week old and, um, you oh, know, congratulations. That just registered in my head. Yeah. <laughs> Thank congratulations. you. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, I have a nine week old at home and we, um, it's our first kid and we, uh, I, I do think like a nice positive change, at least for us, it's everyone's different. Right. But a nice thing that I appreciated was the ability to have a built-in excuse for like us to have just a moment with the two of us just to enjoy the moment. Right. Yeah. Um, cause I was talking to my brother-in-law and he's got a 13 year old and he was talking about like having like ants in the room that like, he doesn't even really like all that much. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that's, uh, yeah. that would be a lot to handle. You know, like I felt like it was a lot with just the two of us in there with the, with the nursing and the medical staff, you know? Right. Right. Um, so like, I do think that's a positive change that or habit, if you will. That's came from the pandemic, right? It's kind of like that boundary that is set for you now with you out without you having to set that boundary. Totally. Um, yeah, yeah. It's nice. Oh yeah. my gosh, for sure. And then, uh, well, that's great. I'm glad your husband was allowed to be in, in, in the room with you at least. Cause I heard yes. some, so my mom's a uh, labor and delivery nurse and I heard some horror stories about like dad's not being allowed to be in there. Like, I'm like, man, that just seems having to go through it on your own. Like, <sighs> I couldn't imagine that. Right. Like, I mean, I mean, Jess was a warrior and, and I'm sure you were too, but like just to have somebody there by your side is so, I would want that no matter how tough I think I am, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's amazing. So when did you have your second child then? He came on Halloween. Her your due date was, was Halloween. Mm-hmm. On the due date at that. Oh, so I'm obsessed with Halloween. Yes. As is my I wife. Found out, Cause it's the best holiday ever. Totally. Um, so, and then when I found out her due date was Halloween, I was like, oh, it's happening. Yeah. Only 5% of babies are born on Halloween, which I'm sure you yeah. know from your mom. You willed it. You spoke yeah. it into existence. Yeah. Oh, I did. And then I think like a couple of weeks before Halloween, I was like, I'm over this. Cause this pregnant, the second pregnancy was way harder than the first. I was like, I'm tired and I feel huge and I just want to be done, but she wouldn't come. So then finally the Wednesday before Halloween, I went to my doctor 
and I can't remember how much I was dilated, but he was like, I think we can make it to Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> so he told me exactly what to do leading up to it. Yeah. And sure enough, that awesome. day, those contractions even bigger, got in the car, Thriller was playing on the radio. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a, did you, do you watch Parks and Rec by chance? No, we started it and then forgot to go back to it. That's fair. Office is better. Um, but there is an episode there where one of the characters, she's like this, uh, she's funny, but she's also very creepy in her uh, humor, right? And uh, she wanted to have her babies on Halloween and she did. And she was uh, in a um, like zombie face, face paint and then gave birth it. to the Monster Mash. So did you get birth to the Monster Mash? <laughs> I did not give birth to the Monster Mash. Unlike my first child, this baby. So the doctor, they were like, oh my God, baby's coming, whatever, get ready to push. And I did a push and I was like, wait, that was a bad push. Let me push again. And I did yeah. another push and all of a sudden there was a baby just dangling in front of me. I'm like... Well, that was easier than the first one. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. So your first, uh, your first baby was an e- was an easier uh, labor or an easier uh, pregnancy. So easier pregnancy, but a so hard. Easy. But then uh, some like a complicated labor, and then really difficult delivery. Yeah. Yeah, and then your second baby was a little bit more was a little bit tough on the pregnancy side, but then a yeah. super um, smooth sounding uh, delivery. Yeah. Yep. Think, think water slide. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Oh, we're here. There's a baby yeah. here. All right. Good to go. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I was actually just talking with, uh, so I've got a, uh, patient of mine who, um, loves to tell the story about, so like his wife also like the sec, like each pregnant. So he, he's, they, they've got three kids and, uh, she delivered really first on the fast on the first or really fast on the first one, even faster on the second one. Okay. And the third time, they didn't even make it to the hospital. She literally like had the baby on uh, 400 on the way to the hospital. <laughs> oh my goodness. I've heard that. I've heard uh, that it gets easier each time. Yeah. So are you anticipating a third? Or are you I going mean, we just got done with the two, you know what I mean? So in a 42. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> what was having a baby at 40 like? Um, I loved it. For me, it was really wonderful. Although I will say leading up to it, it was stressful because there's a lot of doom and gloom around advanced. I was say, like, was it like a lot of like stereotypes or a lot of comments oh, yeah. or a lot of like, um, like offhanded comments that people were making and they're like, Oh, Oh yeah. Yeah. So many like, Oh my God. Like literally I think I had, so I, I had a miscarriage before our first oh. baby. Um, and I think, thank you. It was uh, difficult, but yeah, you know, got through it. And, um, I think it was after I had miscarried, someone was like, and, and we didn't tell anyone that I had miscarried. Yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, you guys would have had such beautiful babies. Like, how do you know we're not still yeah. going to have a baby? So it's just like those comments that people are always making, yeah, yeah. especially to women, like, Oh, are you going to hurry up and have a baby? You better hurry up and have your eggs are going to dry up. You're going to like, stop it. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. It's getting more common yeah, yeah. for women to have babies after 35. Yep. It's quite possible to have a healthy pregnancy and a healthy baby. Yeah. Um, actually switched providers halfway through my pregnancy with my first, because the, the first provider, they said I would need to be induced at 39 weeks. I would not be allowed to go past that because of my age. Oh my gosh. Um, all these, they kept calling it geriatric. So I ended up switching and my yeah. first appointment with the new provider, I asked if I would need to be induced at 39. <laughs> and I remember he was standing there <laughs> at the counter. And I asked him, he wasn't looking at me. And I asked him and he stops and he goes, why? Yeah. <laughs> like, 
okay, good. I found my place. Yeah, yeah. And I uh, ended up going to 41 weeks and they were like, okay, we need to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. At some point the baby has to come out. Yeah. It has to come out, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. And like, yeah, and that's and that's super unfortunate. And you know, like um, I feel like comments like that, uh, for the most part, I give uh you know, I try to be a little bit, so um, my wife and I were, were pretty open about this, but we had a little bit of a hard time getting pregnant as well. Uh, we didn't have, um, uh, we ended up having to go through um, a little bit of fertility assistance. So we didn't go with the full like IVF. We totally would have if we needed to, um, but we were really fortunate and got pregnant after our first round of uh, like IUI. And, um, but like, that was enough of an eye-opening experience for me. And like, I know plenty of like friends and women, uh, you know, women and dads too, who like um, had miscarriages and like it's, sh- shakes their world, you know? And, um, it's really common at the same time too, right? Like, um, it's, it's, but that doesn't take away the sting of it by any means. Right. And, and the emotional, um, toll that that takes, but like everyone's going through their own battles, you know, and that's like, uh, and especially as it's surrounding parenthood, you know, and, and pregnancy, like you just don't know what somebody's story is. No, you don't. Your projections are not welcomed, (laughs) you know? Um, even if they come from a great, even if they're trying to come from a good place, you know, like it's it like when you're going through a moment and uh, when somebody says, oh, you would have had just such, uh, such incredible, uh, such beautiful children. Like, man, you have no idea what we're yeah, trying to do, you know? Thing. Like I remember yeah. watching, I can't remember what show was it something on 60 minutes and I was just sitting there crying. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, I'm too old. And this was when I was 38. Yeah. Um, and I was just so scared. And I'm like, you know, I do want to have babies. And I, I didn't know if it was going to be possible. Yeah. yeah um, so yeah. I like, I was seeking out stories of, of women who got pregnant when they were older than 35, which 35 is still young to me, but you know, totally. I, yeah. I, I found women who were 45, 50. Um, so like That's it awesome. happens and like, yeah. those are the things that we need to focus on instead of the doom and gloom. Like, yes, totally. there are risks, but there are risks at any age. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 100%, you know, um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter the age, right? Like it can, it, you can, uh, there's risks, there's, there's pros and there's cons and, and everything between no matter what age you're at, especially for something so, uh, um, life-changing as having a baby, right? Like there's, of course, there's going to be, um, risks with that asso- associated with that because it's a big moment, you know? Right. And it yeah. comes back to taking care of your body and controlling what you can with health and fitness. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And then I will say this to you real quick, last note, like it does frustrate the hell out of me. Uh, with some of the insensitivity that um, the medical field has, right? And, and, the, and their verbiage and the language that we use because, um, you know, like that healthcare provider could have years of experience, um, has helped a lot of women like have successful labors and or deliveries. And um, just, and even though that's like, it's such a common thing for that person, like you're going through that for the first time, you know? And like right. having, the, having the foresight or not the foresight, but the empathy to be able to realize like, the depth of the situation for that person sitting in front of you. Like it's just another day in the office where the provider, sure. But, and that's in any realm, right? Like surgery, like we see a lot of people who come to us who are just devastated because they were told that they needed to have surgery when that's not the case. It's an option for sure, but it's not your only option. And uh, yeah, so I'm glad you're able to find a provider that speaks more of your language. Yes. And with the, with the medical providers, I, I too wish that they would also refer out because like yeah. that, which I know, you know, from being a PT and from being a new dad at that six week appointment, all they do, it's like two minutes, they check your undercarriage out and they're like, oh, you're good to go. And not even assessing for diastasis or not assessing the pelvic floor. Like, yeah. you know, I was cleared yeah. after my first baby of six weeks and I had a rectal prolapse. Yeah. Like, luckily I knew that I needed to go to a pelvic floor physical therapist, but a lot of people don't know that. 
Oh my gosh, you're so right about that. Like, mm-hmm. um, I was very fortunate uh, being in the healthcare space and the field that I am in. Like, uh, I know a lot of people in different industries or different sections of it, right? So, was able to get Jess in with a pelvic health PT, like almost like the next day nice. once we found out like she was pregnant, right? Like we were so excited, and uh, but they did some like she um like she was talking to me one time throughout her pregnancy about like a hip pain, like uh, she just kept having this hip pain, especially when she was sitting down, and I was like, man. And like, you know, I was doing our, my assessment and I was like, this just doesn't, this just doesn't feel mechanical to me, right? Like this doesn't feel like a hip problem, even though that's where your pain is. And, um, so she, I was like, mention this to your public health PT when you go in. And so she did. And, um, man, she did like an internal exam. She checked her uterus or the way the baby was positioned, his head was, uh, on her, like r- her left uterus. So then like her left hip was having pain, like referred pain. So they did like an uh, uh, uteral release and boom, hip pain was gone, you know? Yeah, like, and that's the thing, like pelvic floor PTs are the only ones that are going to be able to assess that because you can't tell that by looking. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. then the other thing, which I know you know this, but like a lot of people with back pain, like that yes. could be your pelvic floor dysfunction. It's not totally. your low back. So it's just like, oh, I wish we would. We were more open about these things and talking about <laughs> For sure. <them>. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so spot on because like, um, I mean, there's a lot of issues, like even like in the world, in the world, like in men's world, right? Like, uh, and when you're working with guys, like there's, um, uh, so Crystal is a pelvic health PT and I've been learning a ton about pelvic health PT since bringing her on and the issues that men can be helped with. Right. And like the yeah. symptoms that she talks about and like, here's what some signs and symptoms look like. And I look and I think back to patient, like, oh my gosh, was I missing this? Like, uh, like, oh man, this person would have benefited a, mo- a ton from seeing somebody like Crystal, like. Um, it's just super important. And like, uh, it's a holistic approach. Cause like, I mean, your pelvic floor is like this, uh, it's like a suspension bridge for a lot of the different forces. Like it's yeah. holding up the most important part of your body. <laughs> like yeah. if it wasn't there, your yeah. organs would fall out. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Oh man. It's wild. So yeah, you're absolutely spot on. There definitely needs to be, uh, but I'll say this too. I do think, uh, painting with a broad stroke. I do think that women are, uh, more open than men are about some of these issues. Yeah. Right. Um, like, it's very interesting. I was talking to um, a men's pelvic floor PT. His name is Lance Frank. Uh, he's, he's in Midtown. And he um, he was talking about how he actually has a really hard time, like, with word of mouth referrals, right? Um, sure. Because, like, and he pretty much, like, specializes. In, like, he treats, like, all, but, like, he has a very strong niche with men's pelvic floor PT. And he, uh, he was like, guys, just don't talk about it, <laughs> you know? So, but I tell you what he does have. He's got one of the largest, like, social media followings that from a PT standpoint that I know of. Uh, because guys will follow and like, he gives really good advice and like, they reach out to him on social media. And it's a lot easier for men to talk that way. I'm like, man, I can't wait for the day that that changes, you know, yeah, cause there's a lot of guys that comfortable Cause we all have it. Like we all poop. We all like, why all don't we talk it, about yeah. it openly? 100%. Yeah. One, like with my, my rectal pro- prolapse, it's like embarrassing for people to talk about, but I mean, Sure. It's happening and I needed to get it fixed. So I'm <laughs> yeah. going to talk about it in case anybody else has it and is walking around farting all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. And like, just get enough, it fixed. you can get that fixed. Exactly. And I think that's, and it's like the same reason why, um, Jess and I like, we, you know, we don't, uh, if the conversation comes up, like we're not throwing in people's faces, but like, we'll, we're pretty open about like needing like some fertility assistance and everything mm. because, um, I will never forget. Like, uh, I was talking to somebody and like, we just got, it just kind of got brought up in conversation. It was a patient of mine. And like, um, I started talking about how, uh, we needed some assistance and he's like, Oh, he's like, you can get help with that. Like, yeah, no, he's like, who do I talk to? And like, was able to like, essentially like open up the playbook for him. Like, Oh, here's your, here's your 
train of people. Here's your team that you need that can help you out. And uh, so like, and I'm sure there's been a ton of women that you've talked to that you, that you've been open about your rectal prolapse with. And like, they're like, Oh, no fucking way. I can get this fixed. Like, <laughs> yeah. And even yeah. just like being older, I've, I've gotten so many messages from people that are like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I was so scared. You know, I'm 32 and I get these, yeah. like, Oh my God, no, ignore those people. Like, yes, you know, do what you need to do. Um, check yeah. to see where your ovarian reserve is like, yeah. You know, talk to your doctor, but, but don't, don't feel like it's hopeless. Totally. Yeah. Oh man. I love that. So then all of that on top of continuing a fitness business yeah. in a pandemic. Yeah. How did you manage that? Um, did, I mean, did you go, did you, I'm assuming you, 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 you pivoted as the favorite word of 20 since 2020 has become like, uh, right. you your model. I'm assuming to be a little bit more hybrid or at least on, or at least hybrid, but probably online. Yeah, we were all, we're all online just because at that beginning, when you have a baby, you know, there's no book on how to raise a baby in a pandemic. So we were like, we are staying home. The baby does not go anywhere. Um, so we just went totally virtual. So all of my personal training clients are online now. Um, it's all virtual classes are all virtual. Uh, and we, yeah, we just kept it that way because we don't have the space anymore. Um, we let the lease go. Yeah. Uh, but then I, it's, uh, just took on different things and new clients and, and, you know, raising the babies. Like I love being able to be at home. Yeah. Totally. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So they're like, it sucked, but at the same time, like I get to be at home with my newborn. Oh my gosh, for sure. And so they're two and one now, uh, a little bit and a half and one, two and a half and one almost. And then I think you said the youngest was a, was a girl, correct? Yep. I have a little boy and a little girl. Amazing. What are the names? Zade and Zash, and both of them start with an X. Oh, I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. And the name, did you just like it or is it coming from uh, some form of influence? No, their dad made them up. Oh, really? Yep. We want, we knew we wanted names that started with X. Uh huh. He's good with making up names. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) A little side hustle for him is baby name making. Exactly. That's what we went with. And I've always enjoyed having an unusual name. Um, so we knew we wanted unusual names and yeah, we came up with that's amazing. (laughs) And then we were going to go with one name for our little girl, but then I looked it up and I found there's a celebrity whose kid is that name. So we were like, Oh, that's out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Too common. Too common. I was just thinking of that person every time I say the name. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's like, uh, I have a buddy who uh, has a kid who just had a kid and named him Brady James, which is a very, uh, which is an awesome name. And uh, I always joke with him because he's a really big sports guy. Right. And he's from, uh, and I'm like, you named him because of Tom Brady and LeBron James for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, no, nah, man, I just like the name. I'm like, yeah. 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 You did, dude. No. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, man, thank you so much. It's like, uh, so between like, um, I do want to be respectful of your time. So between being a Hawks dancer, getting your master nutrition, um, you know, uh, having your own uh, company, you're a personal trainer, yoga instructor certified, you're a prenatal and postpartum fitness coach, man, just a wealth of uh, oppor- uh, knowledge and a great opportunity for somebody to maybe has a, a wealth or have a, a bunch of different questions surrounding um, postpartum and fitness and training and everything in between, uh, how, what would be a good way for them to reach out to you? Um, well, my Instagram is fit Desiree. So at fit Desiree, obviously the at everybody knows that, um, yeah. 
<laughs> Speaking of advanced maternal age. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so they can uh, get me on there, you know, send me a message on there. My email is info at interfusionfitness.com. Yeah. Uh, so they can reach me there. And yeah, I love all questions about, you know, being an older mom. If there's something that I'm not comfortable answering, I'll tell you that. But I, yeah. I'm not going to be offended by, by, you know, there's some offensive questions. But Totally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean. There's definitely some offensive questions for sure, but uh, <laughs> those are pretty easy to weed out and, and disregard at that point. Right. So, yeah. So uh, yeah, but I, I love talking about that and I love, you know, giving people hope who are trying to have babies later in life and, and also trying to find the fun in fitness and just reminding people that fitness does not need to be uh, one hour every day at a gym. Like it can be five minutes when you can. Yeah. Making it work with your life. Like fitness should work for you, not be something that's stressing you out. Um, so awesome. I just like reminding people of that too. I love that. Especially for any moms out there that are listening to this, right? Like it's, it's very rare to get an hour to yourself, right? Like yes. we've only got one nine week old and it's absurd. Like it's very hard to find an hour just to ourselves. Yeah. 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 My online training program for the, for new moms, it's like the workouts are never more than 20 minutes. Cause like who has the time? Totally. Yeah. I love that. Well, Desiree, thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. You've been such a fun guest to talk with. And um, guys, if you are listening to this and uh, you have any questions, please reach out to her. Um, we couldn't be more excited to be a uh, resource uh, for you. And uh, Desiree, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me, Jake. Yeah. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Athletes Potential and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free in life, head over to athletespotential.com to learn more.